Let's talk about lockdown screen time. Let's also discuss whether catching COVID now is better than more vaccine. What about Afghanistan? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for joining Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Don't grieve. Anything you lose comes around in another form. Really. Short and sweet and concise and very real. Very real. So, episode 70. We're back again. Sparking debates. Episode 70. So... We're still in August, and we've still got the Trinidad and Tobago Independence Day coming up next weekend, the 31st. So I hope everybody takes part and enjoys, but especially the Trinis, you know, the carnival people. You know, even though there's not going to be no carnival this year, the spirit is still there. So, yeah, still enjoy. And, yeah, if, if you didn't know, um, Trinidad and Tobago been independent since 1962 so that is the independence day this weekend next weekend so uh we've got the soul fest 2001 i'm really gutted i didn't hear about this earlier because i, I would have went um from the 20th so it goes on from the 20th to the 22nd of august um basically bringing the best of of uh british British black film talent on both sides of the camera. So they have like master classes and, and panel discussions, practical sessions, supporting emerging talent. So yeah, really, really good. Good to hear that they're, you know, bringing everybody together and, and celebrating people in, in that way. And they, they partner up with um, BBC Films and Sony Pictures. So got some, you know, big business behind it as well. So, yeah, um, but it's an annual event. So, yeah, if you miss it this, this year, obviously you can get involved next year. Um, but this year's one, they're also doing a, a, an award ceremony. So recognising the most um, exciting black creative talent working in the UK today. So this year is going to be a bit of a special one. But who knows, they'll probably, they may continue that in the, in the years to come. But, um, but yeah, if, you, if you're not doing nothing around the 22nd, well, two and second being the last day. Yeah, that's definitely something you can find yourself doing. So, also, I've got some exciting news in regards to YouTube. I'm really, really looking forward to speaking on that. But I'm going to speak about that a little bit later. But on the other side of the pond, Jay-Z um, makes history again. Um, so, basically, he's made history this time by hiring the first uh, black cannabis CEO. So obviously cannabis is big legal business in America and various other parts of the world. Not so in the UK yet. You know, we're always trailing behind, but no doubt that is coming in years to come. But he has, yeah, he's, he's, he's hired the first black cannabis CEO. Um, the, the, the person, his name's Troy Datcher. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a big look because I think obviously cannabis has been around for a while and you know, it's, it's kind of highlighted from, for the criminal aspects within certain communities rather than others. So now that it is legal in America, um, the irony is, is how small the number of, 
of black Afri people of African descent that are actually involved in it uh, at a higher level, which is really, really ironic when, when you think about it and the history of cannabis. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is Jay-Z's Jay way of readdressing the racial inequalities um, and, you know, in the ever-expanding cannabis industry, basically. So I think recent figures show that um, only 4.3% of cannabis business owners in the US are black um, and white owners are up to 81%. 81%. Um, that's massive. That, <laughs> that is huge. Um, and uh, Hispanics are at 5.7%. And um, Asians were at 2.4%. So, yeah, um, not very... Um, definitely something that needed readdressing, for sure. And, and as I said, it's just ironic because of the history of cannabis and how many people have served prison sentences off the back of cannabis, etc., um, we, we know the story. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is what's happening. Um, but in January, um, Jay-Z created a 10... He also created a 10 million pound fund to invest in um, black-owned cannabis um, startups. So, again, he's, he's trying to... He's trying to readjust the balance in, in many different ways. So, so yeah, good luck to um, Troy, Troy Datcher. Um, I'm sure he's going to make some powerful moves um, with his historic appointment. And yeah, long may it last. And I hope they, they build on that and, you know, just le level it out. You know, business is business at the end of the day. Should be open playing field for everybody who has the big business acumen and the want and the desire to do it. So, yeah, all good. So, um, so obviously, we the schools are off at the moment. Uh, in the next few weeks, they'll be back, early September. And, but this is going to be the first time without any restrictions, not having to wear a mask, etc., so what's really come up is talking about um, COVID-safe ventilation in schools. Me, I, I mean, my thoughts are, they, if, we're, if we're really going to address this issue, we need to really think about the design of schools. I, I thought this, like, mid-last year when they was talking about, you know, having classes in bubbles and having less people, less pupils in, in classes and having people spread out. It, it just was apparent to me, you know, you need to redesign schools in a way because they, they, they were never built with that in mind. Um, and now they're talking about the safe ventilation in schools. Same thing, it's never been designed to, you know, have such ventilation for, for these kind of reasons. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a massive job. But there are urgent calls uh, for action in regards to ventilation in schools now um, to slow the spread of um, covid um, when pupils return in September. Can't see how they're going to do all that before September, but you never know. You know. Well, I say that, you know, if you remember back last year when China had to, you know, when China was dealing with COVID, the first people to deal with it, they were building hospitals within a couple of days. So actually, it can be done. Whether England can do it or not is, is, is going to be the question. But, um, but September is just around the corner. So... Um, but six education unions have written to England's um, educational secretary warning of the steep rise um, with COVID and non-COVID amongst pupils when they return. So, yeah, they're trying to preempt it, and right, rightfully so. But, yeah, we, we definitely have to do something different. We can't, we can't do anything the same as we did in the past. 
And in New Zealand, um, they've entered a nationwide lockdown, basically a snap lockdown um, after a man tested positive. Um, the first case they've had in, in the past six months, which is, oh, that's a, that's a long time not to have had any cases. But yeah, so they, they reacted to that immediately. Um, this, this case was detected in Auckland. Uh, and yeah, so they're just they're getting into a lockdown for a week. And while the rest of the country be locked down for three days. So it's massive. It's a, it's, it's a really big thing for them um, at this point. Um, and they've reported that only 20% of its population have been fully vaccinated. I think in the UK it's about 80% now, maybe probably over that now. Um, but yeah, the minister, Jacinda Ardern, um, said that the toughest, the toughest uh, level four rules were required, basically. Schools got to close offices or businesses, um, you know, only the essential services remaining um, will remain operational. Pretty much like our heavy lockdown last year, really. Um, so, yeah. And in Australia, um, the police arrested hundreds. There's been, like, um, anti, anti-lockdown protesters in Melbourne and Sydney um, on Saturday. And, yes, yeah, seven officers hospitalised, um, clash, major clashes, police on horses. Again, this when I watch it, it just looks like London. When when London were having them running battles with the police on horses, and you know, up and down, up and down the mall, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's still it's still happening. Different places, different times. Um, but yes, but with Australia, they their country saw its highest ever single day rise of COVID. Um, yeah, since since everything started, so yeah, serious times over there. But again, they apparently they haven't uh, bought enough vaccines in in these countries, and now this is the outcome of it is what is what has been said. So, but yeah, police, like I said, mounted horses, pepper spraying people, um, crowds. I think the crowd they talk about that like four thousand people surging towards the police lines and stuff like that. So, yeah, serious business out there. Um, and I, I mean, I suppose. <laughs> Anywhere that that is the the standard now, isn't it? Like if we, once you would go into a lockdown, that means marches, that means rebelling against it. That's that's what we're going to do, and I'm sure every government knows that that's how it's going to go from now on. So, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, we've got past the stage of doing lockdowns. Fingers crossed, but um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I think by. I would, my, I hazard a guess that by September, October, let's say mid-October, we'll know how the rest of our year is going to pan out and, yeah, we'll, we'll know if a lockdown is, is imminent or not, I reckon, by then. You know, I don't want to predict too, too far forward than that, but, yeah, I think around then we'll, we'll have an idea if this opening up since July the 19th um, has you know, if, if we're able to do that, if it, if it was a, a good move at the right time, and if the vaccine is going to do its job in the way that we want it to do its job. So, um, but reading some stuff uh, from some scientists, they, they, like, posted the question, you know, is, is catching COVID now better um, uh, than, than the vaccine? Is catching it more better than the vaccine at this point? Um, Scientists are saying that there's a marked difference in your immune system 
after a natural infection with COVID and after the vaccination. Um, her name was um, Professor Eleanor Riley, um, a new immunologist. I know I ain't pronounced that right, but yeah, I think you get what I mean. Um, from the University of Edinburgh. Um, and she basically said um, we could be digging ourselves into a hole for every for the for the for a very long time basically where we think that we can only keep covid away by boosting um every year so basically if we get into the pattern of doing that then you know when do we stop doing that kind of thing so that's that was her career and then the other the other professor um adam finn uh he's the like a government vaccine advisor said um uh over vaccinating people when other parts of the world um had have none um, was a bit insane, is what he said. He said it's just it's just inequitable and, frankly, quite stupid. So harsh words, harsh words. But I, you know, we this this is a planet problem. So I, I I get it. It's it's a planet problem. So as much as one country might be doing really well, if the planet's not doing well, if other countries are not doing well, then it's all temporary anyway. It's just you know whose turn is it next to have a flare up you know, and go into lockdown and stuff because it's one planet, you know. There's no, there's no walls between countries that the virus can't get past. So, so yeah, it's all, it's all a little... It all seems a little bit temporary when things are going well if you can look on the news and look around the world and see other countries and millions of people being negatively affected um, by infection from COVID. So, so I definitely get those, those perspectives for sure. Um... And I think yeah, the two questions are do do the two questions that they posted posed was um, do vaccinated do vaccinated adults need to be uh, boosted or is exposure to the virus enough? But, you know, those are the questions. Those are the questions. And also, do children need to be vaccinated at all, or does a lifetime of encountering um, the virus build a good? immune defence these are the questions and I think you've got people on both sides but I I do I do recall through the years you know people before Covid obviously and people talking about you know as, as kids you know going out and playing in the dirt and you know catching things and getting dirty and stuff like that helps to build your immune system rather than keeping your children in a bubble away from everything um, because eventually they're going to catch stuff, and if they haven't caught it, caught it already, and you know, built up a, um, an immune defence to it, then that's where the challenges come later on in life. So, I get both sides of it, but you know, I'm not a scientist, but um, I just kind of use my common sense and and what I've been through and what I've learned. So, but I'm sure we'll we'll work it all out, and um, and yeah, but I mean, we've hit. We've hit the targets that we wanted to hit as a country, what the government wanted to hit. They wanted 80% plus of people vaccinated and they've done that. Hence why the world's open. You know, not the world, the country's open in the way it is. So we'll see now, the, obviously the vaccines are now being put to the test in the UK at least. So we'll see. But it takes time to see. And that's what I was talking about mid-October. By then we should have uh, collected enough data to let us predict the months past October, so we'll see. So sadly, um, there's been one death um, through youth violence. Um, a young person lost his life, Otas Sardas 
um, aged 20, was shot on the 18th of August um, and later died in hospital on the 20th of August. Um, happened in um, Newham. Really sad, you know, my condolences to the family and friends and everybody involved. Um, they haven't arrested anybody yet off of the back of that. But, um, but yeah, youth violence is, is still a thing. So, so yeah, my condolences to the family, for sure. Welcome to Pablo's Podcast. Join me on a weekly basis with social commentary on current affairs which affect us the most. Come and muse with me. What you can expect is uplifting, positive discussions, interviews on our social, physical and cultural well-being. Voicing some of the perspectives we share but maybe don't vocalise enough. I'll be going through my bucket list of interviewees over the coming weeks. You're guaranteed to get an honest, authentic perspective and insight into what's going on now. If you like what you hear, please click the subscribe button. Please share on your social media apps and please leave a review. Look forward to spending some time with you over these coming weeks. Thanks for joining me. Take care. So the biggest news um, this this week and for the foreseeable future, to be fair, is Afghanistan. You know, um, American and the UK troops have left Afghanistan and the Taliban didn't waste time in taking over. Um, you know, with my limited knowledge of everything that goes on over there, it just looks like everything's gone back to normal, you know, back to normal in regards to everybody in fear, um, you know, people, yeah, just people being in fear of their life and the people who we know as being terrorists um, have taken over that city again. So this is going to be in the news for a long time. But the visual scenes of this, um, just horrific, just horrific, you know, scenes of women really, you can hear and you can see, you know, the fear in, in, in the women's eyes especially and the children as well crying, you know, and basically they're trying to escape Afghanistan while they can, while, while the troops are leaving and they're, they're willing to take some people out if they've got the right documentation. Everybody's trying to get on those planes, you know, to, to, to leave, you know, because there is going to come a time, as much as that's happening now, there is going to come a time when, you know, the last plane has left and whoever isn't on it is, is, has got to deal with the Taliban and, and, and whatever Afghanistan brings for them. So everybody's trying everything to get out. Um, which is so sad to see, so, so sad to see. Um, and now the Taliban have stepped up um, their searches, looking for people who used to work for NATO or, you know, work for the UK or, or America. Um, and God knows what's going to happen to them, you know, once they knock on the door and find these people that used to work with the governments there, the, the, the NATO forces. So, so yeah, um, a lot it's still going on, a lot is still to be said. Even though I have heard some things with the Taliban are saying, you know, there's not going to be no violence and no reprisals and stuff like that, but it sounds like the majority of people don't believe them because, you know, they've lived through the Taliban ruling things before. So, so yeah, but some, like I said, some of the scenes have been horrific. And I think that the biggest one for me was watching everybody trying to clamour to get on this plane. It looked like just thousands of people trying to get on a plane. 
Um, no, you couldn't see the floor, people hanging off the stairs, etc. Um, but the worst bit was once the plane had gone up, you could see people falling from the plane. The plane's like hundreds of feet in the air, and you could see people that were just determined, you know, not to let go and, and just go with the plane, you know. And um, you've got to think about the desperation for somebody to hold onto an aeroplane and, and let that plane take off while they're holding onto the aeroplane. Um, but yeah, just just horrific to see that, like I said, to see bodies falling from the plane in the distance, in, you know, hundreds of feet. So, yeah, yeah, uh, my, my thought, I didn't think I'd see something. I didn't couldn't even comprehend whether I would see something like that in my lifetime. But it's it's just shocking to have seen that, you know, in my life. So, um, but yeah, my thoughts and prayers go out for for all all of those people out there and hopefully you know all you can do is hope that the Taliban stick to their word you know everybody can change you just you you've got to just hope because as I said at some stage those planes are going to stop going back and forth to Afghanistan and you know people are going to have to fend for themselves and deal with what, what comes so yeah really sad so back in the UK um at HMP Low Newton, um, David Whitfield, 36 years old, um, from South Shields, he um, had, was basically um, taking advantage of women between 2011 and 2016 at the prison in Durham. Um, and he's basically been ch uh, jailed for six years and nine months. Um, so what he was doing is, you know, this is a, a prison officer um, of a women's prison. And he was demanding sexual favours um, from 12 inmates um, in return for cell privileges, etc. So, so, yeah, obviously totally violated his, his role um, and these, these 12 women, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, he's, he's, and he's, he's going to do his six years and nine months. Um, yeah, disgusting, absolutely disgusting. You know, I don't, don't need to really elaborate any more on that. But um, the Plymouth murderer, Jake Davison, so with, with everything that he'd done, you know, murdering the people in his city, including his mum, for the first time I heard this, this word, um, incels, and I had never heard of it before, never knew nothing of it. So I kind of, you know, kind of dug into it a bit, and who would have guessed that there was such, such a thing? Um, so basically incels, it's a movement um, linked to serious violence around the world, you know, it's, and it's been about, I think it's been about for about 30 years. Um, and, you know, some people have been asking for it to be uh, called a terror group, um, but some security experts are saying that the, the, ide the ideology, it would be wrong to call this ideology a terrorist group. So, yeah, some back and forth in regards to that. But, um, in short, incel is short for involuntary celibate. Um, so people who define themselves as incel um, basically say that they can't get a sex life despite the fact that they want to be in a relationship. Um, and yeah, off of the back of that, they, you know, they, they, they have hatred towards women, they have hatred towards men who are in relationships with women and stuff like that, which is so bizarre. It just sounds so bizarre. And the fact that it's been around for 30 years, I, I mean, just hearing something like that, I, I, my instinct would have said, oh, 
this is something that the internet's created and stuff like that. But this has been around for 30 years. You know, no doubt the internet has hyped it up a bit and made it more accessible to more people. But this is crazy, crazy sounding, absolutely crazy sounding. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the idea goes back to 30 years ago and it was popularised um, by, by uh, support for, for lonely lonely people who let, felt left behind, basically. Um, but yeah, it's, the, some of the forums like, are full of like, self-pity. They talk about self-pity and dominated by grievances as well. Um, and yeah, just men. And I've, I'm sure it sounds like it's just men who really resent the fact that women are withholding sex from them, basically, in a nutshell. Um, and yeah, and then they promote violence towards women, uh, you know, or, or couples, or you know, men who are lucky enough to be in a relationship, things like that. So, but recently, well, not recently, but it's it's said now that uh, many of the followers, I'm at the extreme end of incel um, culture, share conspiracy theories like the views of the far right. So, um, so yeah, so many far right, uh, they they kind of people they kind of share the same. There's stuff that kind of crosses over with them, so so yeah, so yeah. Well, far right incels um, again. It's just all stuff that just sounds so ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, is it a terrorist group? I don't know. I mean, I, f- I think I think anybody any any group that that rains terror on people could be considered a terror group. I would have thought um, if this group's known to rain terror on women. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's bigger minds than mine that will that will work that out. But yeah, um, but definitely something needs to be done about them. That that I don't think can be debated. Something definitely needs to be done about them because it's definitely not right. So um, also a West Mercia police officer um, uh, that died. Well, they they found him dead with a child. It's now come to light that um, he murdered his son and took his own life. David Loudon, 39, Constable David Loudon, yeah. So, yeah, so um, this happened in Kidderminster a while back. So who knows um, what was going on, you know, for for that to happen. Um, The son's name was uh, Harrison. You know, my condolences go out to the families of these people that lost lost their grandson, especially, you know, and and the son. Um, But the... The officer's late wife um, and the wider family had just expressed deep shock, you know, grief, devastation, and the aftermath of their loss, so, which is obviously understandable. But, um, but yeah, who knows what was going through his mind um, at that time specifically. So, Devon and Cornwall police officer has been charged and given these given his final written warning by the police um, disciplinary panel. Um, so it's basically uh, gross misconduct um, found to be in breach um, of his profession, the professional standards, etc. His name's Sergeant Garayant Jones, 47. So what he'd done, he was sending out um, grossly offensive images and memes um, relating to George Floyd. You know, and as, as, a, as a police officer, serving police officer, it's like, come on, you know, this is, this is something that happened via the police and, you know, it's just... You know, it's, it's it's just something nobody should need to explain to somebody, 47-year-old police officer. 
But um, glad he got caught, you know, glad he's having to deal with that. Um, should he have got a harsher sentence than a, a final written warning? That's the, well, it's, it's, it's debatable, but I do, I do think back to the case of another officer having um, some things on her phone that she shouldn't have and, you know, the police wanted her out, you know. Um, so, I don't know, maybe because it was different, different content. But n nevertheless, um, this, this officer should know better. But it speaks to his mindset, etc. you know, so, hey. So, um, also, a, another officer um, it was in court for voyeurism charges, um, Jean Renoir Janga, 36, appeared at Manchester Court on Friday. Um, and he's convicted of six um, counts of voyeurism um, at the hearing, charged with basically it was 11 videos which were discovered on his phone, and he had been filming staff, um, police staff in the toilets in Greater Manchester um, police premises um, on several occasions in October 2017, I think. Um, and yeah, all of the victims were were um, staff members. Um, but he was sentenced to 18-month uh, community order, um, also sexual harm prevention order, and valid for the next five years, um, sex offender uh, notification requirement, valid for five years as well, and mobile phone forfeiture order. So all of those stipulations. It's just, it's just really... Um, it's just interesting how this sort of stuff goes on and it kind of flies below the radar you don't you don't hear about this stuff but i think because you know these are public servants you know these are people in who who we have to respect and have to you know these are people there to uphold the law so i think the least we could do is is you know let these things be known when they're happening so you know we're paying for them you know we we look to them for our support etc so we should know what's going on the good bad and indifferent I think, you know, because at the end of the day, they are human. But it does, I mean, hearing all of these various different things with various, various different police officers, it does make me think that they're, I don't know, their training, their supervision of these officers, their, I don't know, their camera setups in the police station. I don't know, there's just stuff that they should be doing to kind of weed these people out before they get into the force or you know, before they start acting up in these ways. So, yeah. Anyhow, on a lighter note, um, Nubia Garcia, um, a young artist um, of Guyanese and Trinidad descent, um, and she's born in Camden. She has been shortlisted for the Mercury, um, Mercury Prize. Um, she's a saxophonist, um, and she, she will be... Um, she, well, basically, her music celebrates the rich British Caribbean rhythms and things like that. So um, she's also be doing an event at the Royal Albert Hall performing her tracks from her LP, um, which, as I said, they, they'll be sprinkled with, like, reggae, dub, calypso, soca um, in her solo concert. So, yeah, and her concert's for the um, BBC proms. So hopefully they that is on TV. It'll probably be on the iPlayer or something like that. But I really look forward to hearing some of her stuff, Nubia Garcia. So she's shortlisted, and hopefully she, hopefully she wins it. Depends who she's up against, but the fact that she's a, a hat's in the ring, 
is is good. So um, I wish you all the best with that. So with all these lockdowns we spoke about earlier, um, one of the the um, things that are happening off the back of that, and um, they're calling it lockdown screen time. So um, so basically across the country, um, the medical people are saying they're diagnosing higher numbers of children with short sightedness, myopia, I think they call it. Um, uh, and basically, the numbers have gone up since the start of the pandemic. Um, but they, and they said this is due to um, less time being spent outside due to the restrictions, more time being spent on the screens, which is something I always talk about within my circles, the amount of time we spend on screens. Um, so, yeah, the College of um, Op- Optometrists... I cannot pronounce some of these words. Optometrists... I've really butchered that word, I know. But the people that deal with eyesight, <laughs> um, they're calling for parents um, to get their kids playing outside for more than two hours a day, um, as it's, it's proven to prevent, um, prevent and stop the development of myopia. Um, so, yeah, and also, obviously, still take, taking your kids for regular eye tests as well. But, yeah, that, I mean, this was always going to be one of the outcomes of, um, of COVID, you know, being locked up in the house. And also another, another um, thing that COVID's brought is with the increased mental health. So um, mental health monthly referrals across the UK at the highest point for the last two years. So it's gradually getting higher and higher. So that's, um, that is concerning because I, I personally don't think we've, we've reached the, the peak of the mental health issues that we're going to be dealing with. And we've got uh, the full moon is, we've got full moon 22nd and the sturgeon moon. Why do they call it the sturgeon moon? In North America, uh, North American fishing tribes um, called it the the August um, full moon, the sturgeon moon, because the species of fish um, appeared in high numbers during that month. So there you go. Now you know. Sadly, um, Due to Haiti's earthquake um, that we spoke about the past few weeks, um, the death toll has, has risen, you know, to more than 2,000 now. Um, more than 12,000 people have been left injured. Um, over 300 still missing after the 7.2 magnitude earthquake. So, so yeah, and then to add to that, they've had the storm as well. Um, so the rescue situation has been hampered by the rains brought by... Um, uh, tropical storm grace so yeah so um yeah my thoughts and prayers go out to those people out there and you know anything you can do you know charity wise etc please do because these these people are going to be going for it for a while that's for sure so on the tv um mastermind gets a new host we spoke about this a few months back clive myrie the news broadcaster he will be um hosting mastermind from monday the 23rd of august so I'm sure he's going to do a sterling job. I definitely look forward to seeing what he does. Bring a little bit of swag to that show because it has got a bit dry over the year. So hopefully he can spice it up a little. Um, so, yeah, I was talking about um, YouTube earlier. Yes, so finally we're launching Pablo's podcast YouTube channel. So you can now view, listen, read all of that on YouTube. We're going to be doing loads of things via YouTube going forward um, now that the channel's launched. So please check it out. Please share it. Please like it. Please subscribe. 
and you know it's just it's another platform where you can get access to the audio but also the up and coming visuals related to Pablo's podcast so we've got a few things happening in the coming months so please stay tuned share it um, like it and subscribe so other than that um, I'm going to let you guys enjoy your week enjoy the rest of the weekend and yeah just get out there as we say get the blood moving you know you know get moving around it's a little bit wet out there at the moment but if you've got the right clothes on you know you've got your umbrella you won't feel it so don't let the weather um, stop you from getting out there so thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me on the next one until then take care and be nice to each other thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion